The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. Welcome once again to a Came From the Radio, the official of the Big Apple Cons. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking. With me via virtual distancing is none other than our very own Pronto Comics, Dominic Definition Man, Toronto. Happy New Year, everybody. We have uh, from the life with Jenner G.com, Jen Elise Feldy. Yes, Happy New Year. Very, very Happy New Year. Totally different than 2021. And, and in theory, our senior correspondent, Charlie Saladino, should be joining us uh, shortly, maybe. So long as it's in theory and not in spirit. So this week's show, we have a, another Bookworm Batson segment. We have a, another Jay Bird and Lee segment. And our very own Pronto Comics Dominic Definition Man Sprano has an interview with American Gods uh, actress uh, Yachiri uh, Badaki. Badakai. Listen, uh, one way or the other. So, guys, stay tuned for definitely that. definitely know you got her first name right. Yes, Yatiti. Uh, so before we get uh, into any of that, we have to take it away with the news. It's Morphin' Time! The news is brought to you in part by the fine folks of the Big Apple Con, of which we are the official radio show of celebrating over 25 years of complexness in pop culture stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. Their next convention, um, hopefully, maybe, probably not, will be on May 1st and May 2nd of this year. And also want to give our shout-outs for our Patreons, of which there are Danny Grillo, award-winning director Jared Burrell, Kyle Horn, Millie Portez, Newsday Famous Dresden Media, Unji Kun, Shadow Rabbit Art, The Huracan, and Yasmin and Ray. You guys want to get your own little uh, shout-out, go to www.patreon.com. Look up in, uh, came from the radio in the search bar and just for a dollar, you get your own little shout out. We would greatly appreciate it. Whew. All right. So let's start off with the news. Uh, where are we? As always, sad news. Tons of sad news. Good God, sad news. All right. Um, WWE and AEW star John Huber, also known as Luke Harper and Brody Lee, died recently after hospitalization for lung problems. What makes this extra sad is that not only was John still active in the wrestling world, according to multiple sources, he was a, quote, thoughtful mentor and simply a very kind soul that starkly contradicted his wrestling personas. Um, of note, AEW president and CEO Tony Khan retired his TNT belt and gave it to his son and declared him TNT champion for life on a recent episode of the show. Um, I know uh, you used to be sort of a wrestling fan, uh, Dominic, right? Yeah, I was... Like 1998 to so old school, say, yeah, like the WWE Attitude Era. Okay, when I was in high school, that'd be so, a fair way to put it. So, Jen, you were, uh, I know you're a sort of wrestling fan as well, right? I'm a fan of the ones that I know. I've met some and become friends with them, so I'm their fans. Okay. but I don't. I'm not like following every match. So, just think of like um, a current person who's like the, one of the best villains they have. On the air as you're watching it, and then you know a couple weeks later he's just gone. It's it's crazy how that happened. 
So they well, went out of his way. Not to like take the focus off this gentleman, but <laughs> I was watching the pay per view that Owen Hart died. Oh, so wow. believe me, I, I I get it. Yeah, or even more so because one moment pay per view is going on, next moment they like cut to a promo. Next moment, Jim Ross is like, um, "Owen Hart just fell. This is not a gimmick. This is real. This just happened." So I can wow. I can understand like a current fan being like, "Whoa, how that just occur." And uh, like I said, uh, just just looking at all the information, he's like supposedly like this really, 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 really nice guy in contradiction Aww. to his uh, character. Know, right? So um, I find like the the guys that play heels are usually nicer in person, probably because they need to like they get so many people thinking that they're evil. <laughs> yeah. Huh. You know. So he well, that was... works for me. <laughs> <laughs> so he was a, a young forty-one. Um, moving was it on. COVID? It was no, COVID, no, right? it, it was not. It was a uh, uh, a lung a lung problem, not not related. Huh? Yeah. Wow. Um, some more sad news: author and actress Dawn Alberta Wells also died recently, and she died from the coronavirus. Uh, that's Dawn Wells for you who do not know. Uh, Dawn appeared in such film TV shows as Seventy Seven Sunset Strip, Surfside, A Town That the Dreaded Sundown, Princess and the Dwarf, and Hospital and Hotel Arthritis, just to name a few. Of course, Dawn was best known for a role as Marianne Summers on Gilligan's Island, which ran for 98 episodes in 1964 to 1967. Of note, Dawn reprised her role as Marianne numerous times in three made-for-TV movies, which was Rescue from Gilligan's Island, Castaways in Gilligan's Island, and the Harlem Globetrotters in Gilligan's Island, as well as providing the voice of Marianne as well as Ginger in the Filmation animated series Gilligan's Planet. In addition to that, uh, Dawn was Marianne in an episode of ALF, Baywatch, where she finally hooked up with Gilligan, and in the made-for-TV docudrama Surviving Gilligan's Island in 2001. Uh, Dawn even made Marianne's cookbook and wrote, What Would Marianne Do? A Guide to the Life. That sounds kind of like you, Jen. You have your own little cookbook, and you have a, the guide to the life, right? Exactly. The same level of fame, same paychecks, totally the same. No, it's definitely <laughs> relatable. It sounds like she had a very full life, and hopefully she wasn't in pain when she died. Um, of course, I would be remiss if I didn't mention the role reversal appearance in the episode of Roseanne, where the cast played each other's roles. So uh, for those of you who remember, Roseanne Barr had a TV show back in the day, which is now called The Connors. And she had a dream sequence where she imagined herself and all people on the show as cast members of Gilligan's Island. Then at the end of the show, the cast, the surviving cast members of Gilligan's Island did a skit for Roseanne. So they had uh, Tina Louise as Roseanne Barr and uh, Dawn Wells was the daughter Darlene. It was actually really funny to see that. Hmm. You're a uh, Gilligan's Island fan there, uh, Dominic? No. Really? Not really. Not, no, I never, like, like when I was a kid watching reruns and stuff on Nick and Night, never got into it. Wow. Never really, like, no. I'd have to say I'd be more of like, um, like a Happy Days fan than I would have been a Gilligan's Island fan. Wow. Uh, yeah. Jen, was uh, Gilligan's Island before your time? Cause it just I like I Love Lucy. Kind of similar timeline-ish, right? Around the same time. A little a little before. But yeah. Okay, yeah. Back, back, back in Lucy the day, fan. yes. yes. Um, so she was a, a young 82. Uh, moving on, speaking of more sad news from the COVID department, um, horror actress Barbara Shelley, who also died recently, also died of the coronavirus. Barbara was a big-time old-school horror star, appearing in such films as Supreme Confession, Cat Girl, The Vampire, 
The Camp on Blood Island, Blood of the Vampire, The Original Village of the Dame, Shadow of the Cat, Secret of the Blood Island, Death Trap, Dracula, Prince of Darkness, Rasputin, The Mad Monk, Ghost Story, and Dark Angel, just to name a few. Um, I know uh, a senior correspondent would, would be a big fan because this is all old school horror fan and Charlie mm. is a horror person. Um, well, maybe he can mime us a response. <laughs> <laughs> on the radio, yes. That'd be perfect yeah. for the radio. Yeah. Perfect. Um, she was a uh, another spry 88. Um, eight, uh, yes. 88's better than 82. Well, yes. That's, that's one way of looking at it, yes. I um, choose 82. <laughs> Really? I yeah, choose- difference of perspective. I don't need to be here that long. I'm good with I'm good. I choose, I choose 182. Um, Ooh. Moving on from more sad news, actress Kay Purcell also died recently from cancer. Uh, Kay was perhaps both, most famously known for her role as Cynthia Daggart in 187 episodes of the series Emmerdale and as Gina Conway in the Tracy Beaker series over in the United Kingdom. Um, of note, in early 2017, Kay was diagnosed with breast cancer, and she posted images, videos, and blogs on her social media to show her own experiences of the disease. In early 2020, she was diagnosed with terminal liver cancer and was given a life expectancy of two years. And uh, obviously, that didn't happen because she died uh, recently, which is 2021, not even a whole year has passed. Uh, so she was a young 57. That's, a, that's young. I think it's, you know, it's really inspiring for someone to do that. Like, it's a very hard thing to go through. And for them to put mm-hmm. it out there and be, you know, letting people know that, it helps other people who are going through the same thing, but then at the end, she she didn't she didn't survive. So that's that's really yeah. uh that's really some sad sad. Yeah. All right. So let's a uh, final bit of sad news. Let's get out of this uh, funk. Um, actress and model Victoria Lee Bloom, professionally known as Tanya Roberts, also died recently from complications of a urinary tract infection. While Tanya Ooh. appeared in numerous films and TV shows such as The Beastmaster, Purgatory, and Sheena, Queen of the Jungle, just to name a few, she is perhaps best known for playing Julie Rogers in uh, the series Charlie's Angels, the original Charlie's Angels series back in the 70s. And she also played Bond girl Stacey Sutton in A View to a Kill and Midge Pinocchi. All right, P I N I O T T I. Pinocchi? Pinocchi? Pinciati. Yeah, that on the, on the show, uh, that 70s show. Um, of note, she was announced dead before actually having died uh, to die only a few days later in the hospital. Yeah, I was just going to ask you, like, are we certain this yes, time? Yes, yes. I, I was actually Which, following that story. How crazy is that? She's dead. Nope. Oh, wait. No, no, now she is dead. It's like, that is insane. So according to my, my research, because I actually was, was following this, um, the source was, I think, like her boyfriend or her husband right. was told that she wasn't going to make it and that, you know, come and say your goodbyes now because of the pandemic situation. You weren't allowed to be there again. Mm. And so someone caught wind of that. And that's when they said that she died, but she was still in the hospital, not dead until right. she actually died a couple of days later. So that was that was rough. Well, you know what? I would oh, I always want to hear what people would say about my death. And, you know, people say the nicest things about you after you die. So she maybe got to hear it. So it could be a blessing. You know, you know, you actually have a point. So, yeah, I'll go with that. That's actually a good point. So maybe she actually got some. Sometimes my 140 IQ comes through. Some some, uh, happiness and some uh, things in her final moments. Hopefully they said good things. (laughs) Yeah, right. It's like, oh, thank God. Right. You know, like, oh, 
Uh, Doesn't everyone want to be at their own funeral, like in some way? Mm-hmm. Don't you want to know? Oh yeah. Uh, um, so moving on, that's it for the sad news. Let's get on for the not as sad and maybe happy news. Uh, from the remember when this was considered a lot of money department. Wonder Woman Part 2 has kept the number one spot in the box office for two weeks in a row. And as of this recording, which is January 7th, 2021, uh, has pulled in $118 million worldwide, of which $28 million is in domestic domestic box office receipts. Uh, To put things into perspective, this time last year, the number one film was the train wreck Star Wars Part 9, which also held a top <laughs> box office spot for two weeks in a row and was at $417 million worldwide with $127 million of that from the U.S. Um, oh. Of course, this does not factor into how many subscribers HBO Max got, nor how many people watched it on the streaming service. We talked about this, about how the world has changed with the movie industry. And oh, yeah. we also mentioned that a lot of uh, movie go, a lot of movie studio and people who are making movies used to get bonuses for how well their movie did. Right. That's why a lot of people are upset in the industry that HBO Max is releasing movies on movie theaters and on streaming service at the same time. I honestly think they just see the writing on the wall and they're like, let's be the first to do it. Um. I know, yeah. I know that uh, HBO did say, they did announce, well, Warner Brothers did announce that they were going to give bonuses to uh, Gal Gadot and uh, Patty Jenkins. So mm-hmm. they're still getting their money. So that's why they haven't really complained too much. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, if everyone gets paid, no one's going to complain. It's when people stop getting paid, that's when people get annoyed. Yeah, but isn't that or crazy? Or they become activists online. <laughs> Oh, that's, that's I, look, I've, I've, I've said this personally, and I, I believe it thoroughly. You can commit any <laughs> act, any sin, get away with it if you make people money. The only mm. true inexcusable thing in this world is to cost people money. Mm. You don't cost that's anyone money. I'm not challenging on this is actually a genuine question. What yeah. about Harvey Weinstein? You think he falls into that? See, that's where yeah. I was going with that. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. And here's why. Because ultimately, he couldn't make money for anyone anymore. Like really? he had done so much damage to his career, to everything, to the studio, whatever. I'm pretty certain they're like, we're done. We're done. Mm. He can't make us money. He can't don't like politicians wouldn't want to take his donations. Like, and I'm not trying to get political, but there were many like politicians that say, oh, he's a wonderful person. He's so good. Thank you mm. for And you can see video of it like, oh, thank you for throwing this fundraiser for us. Once he becomes toxic and he can't bring money to whoever we're friends with him or what, you know, like it's over. They cut the ties. They cut the ties. So long as you keep making money for people, you can do anything you want. The moment you stop making people, you making money for people, you can't. So speaking of people who are making money or may not make money uh, from the, oh, yeah, that happened department. (laughs) 2020? (laughs) <laughs> Actress Lori Loughlin has been released from jail. For those yep. of you who weren't oh paying God. attention, Lori was sentenced to two months in prison for her involvement in the college scandal. Remember when that was a big thing? When she paid yes. $500,000 to get her daughter into a school that she wasn't qualified to attend. 
of note, her husband is still serving out his five-month sentence, and both of them has to have to pay a separate $150,000 fine and 100 hours of community service for Lori and a $250,000 fine and 250 hours of community service for the husband. I remember when that was such a big thing, and then she was in jail and she was out. I'm like, huh, how about that? Yeah. And but you know, the funny another, thing is, oh, yes, go ahead. But here, that's another case, though, like she's never going to get work on Hallmark again. Mm. You know what I mean? She'll she'll take a couple of years off, spend time with her yeah. family, as they say. And I think yeah. she's going to make a comeback. I think. Yeah, I'm not saying she won't make a comeback. I'm just saying, like, she was making a ton of money. Yes, she was making a lifetime Hallmark. money. Uh, Hallmark money, yes. Hallmark money. That's over. Like, so, they can't make money with it. Like, oh, and former convict. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You have to be very wholesome over there. Well, like, could she do any anything else? Of course, she could work for other companies. I'm just saying, like, Hallmark itself. Hallmark yeah. is probably never going to touch her, unless yeah. she's pulling in the you know big budget Hollywood films, and then like, hey, we should get her on our movies again. You would be funny if her kid goes to college or decides not to go to college, does something that college not isn't even necessary, like decides to go to trade <laughs> school, becomes a plumber, becomes a cos- cosmetologist. Or just marries rich and doesn't even need college. Can you imagine that? <laughs> that, oh, that, that mommy went to jail for two years, two months, two months mm-hmm. for you, and you didn't even. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, as as we were just mentioning, um, so moving on to the <clears throat> from the let the cancellations continue department. Wizard World announced that due to the ongoing pandemic, they would be postponing all three of its January 21, 2020, 2021 conventions. Uh, Wizard World New Orleans, Wizard World Philadelphia, and Wizard World Portland to next January 2022. Uh, fans who have originally purchased uh, general admission and or VIP tickets for the original event will be able to use their tickets at the rescheduled dates. What's interesting to note is that on their site, there is no mention at all in regards to refunds beyond no refunds given in the frequently asked questions section. Um, in the meantime, Wizard is continuing to offer Wizard World virtual experiences, which provides free group uh, video Q&As featuring celebrities as well as artists, authors, cosplayers, trivia, karaoke, and other elements of the Wizard World event experience. So no refunds. Good job. Yeah, great. Thanks. I, like, I don't know why anyone would even attempt to like try and like buy a ticket to these things now. It's like there's no point trying until like this is really over. Well, I mean, yeah. the, the the medium conventions, I, I have heard that some of us are going to try to go through for 2021, but... Yeah, I just know, got I, an email today from one. Yeah, so it, it, I keep on saying just because a place is open doesn't mean you have to go, but apparently people have to go. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I, I, I mean, this is obviously starting to trend, so now January, the big, the big January conventions are, are kaput, um we are just in january and who knows what's going to happen for the big ones of new york comic-con and uh san diego comic-con because uh summer ain't that far away right july 25th and 26th is the beauty experience so not exactly comic but it's at the javits center and i just got an email that's going on today really you see that's we'll see see that's the thing beauty experience Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. interesting um so speaking of the pandemic from the, I had no idea they were still in business department. Turns out that Family Video has finally closed up shot due to the ongoing pandemic. Executives say, 
today I have to make the difficult announcement that we are closing all family video locations. The impact of COVID-19, not only in foot traffic, but also the lack of movie releases, movie releases pushed us to the end of an era. I am extremely thankful to our employees and customers that were instrumental in the family video success. Without you, we would not have been the last man standing in our industry. Uh, for those of you who do not know, Family Video was the fourth biggest rental chain in the U.S. and Canada during the height of the video rental boom in the late 90s and early 2000s. Um, after Blockbuster Video, which I used to work for, Hollywood Video, and West Coast Video. Founded way back in 1978, they managed to survive and outlive all their competitors. Like, holy crap. First of all, I had no idea they were still around. And secondly, I can't believe that they, were, that they lasted, four, that they were number four, and they made it through. Yeah, I, who knows? Weirder things have happened. I mean, I can't that, believe it. I'm like, what? You can't believe that they existed, or you can't believe that they're gone. <laughs> yes, I can't <laughs> believe. First of all, I can't believe they existed, and like now, what happened that people are finally like, up? Oh, no, we like. Listen, you survived Netflix and all this stuff, and this is what finally killed your business. Like that's amazing and sad. Yeah. Um, when was the last time you've been in a video store, uh, Dominic? Oh, yes, I think <laughs> not in the past cent- uh, century, not in the past decade. I don't think I was in maybe when, when did Netflix become huge? Like Netflix know. became huge when Blockbuster was was holding on for dear life around the time that Redbox was coming in. So I'm going to say about 10 years. Yeah. So I I can't say I really all right. What about what about you, Jen? When was the last time you were in a video store? I I remember I was at Hollywood Video, I think, in college, which was around two thousand three or four, and I was quite a knucklehead back in the day, and I had a late fee. I think I don't. I think it was my late fee, and it was only twenty dollars or so. But I would think I was in for Jennifer Feldman. I said, oh, no, that's not me. I'm Jennifer Elise Feldman because I knew (laughs) in my back pocket that there were five Jennifer Feldmans that went to American (laughs) University down the street. So that's probably one of the worst scams I've ever done because I'm really not a scammer. And I said, no, I'm Jennifer Elise Feldman. That's not me. And I think I might have gotten out of the late fee, but it was a it was a stupid fee. It was very stupid. So I felt okay about it. So it's that your was the fault. last time. It's your fault that Hollywood Video went out of business. Yeah, I, I might owe to- Hollywood Video $20, $30 for some silly with, reason. With inflation, that's that's like, you know, a couple hundred bucks right there. Right, I could have saved them in D.C. by American yeah. University. Sorry, guys. Um, as a silver lining, however, FamilyVideo.com will still be operational for the foreseeable future. So there you go. Uh, so let's see. We have about uh, eight minutes to go. So let's see if we can get to this uh, last two bits of news. Uh, from the This Is Why I Like Wires department. With the release of Microsoft's newest game system, it appears that an unforeseen defect is being reported with their wireless controllers. In some cases, the controllers are unable to connect to a console after they are powered on, while others are disconnecting during gameplay. Microsoft says, at Microsoft, we put in all of our products through rigorous quality assurances, testing, and are committed to providing customers with an unparalleled gaming experience. We are aware that some players may be experiencing disconnects with the new Xbox wireless controllers, and our teams are actively working on a solution to be included in a future update. Uh, For those of you who do not know, the system costs around $500 and comes with one wireless controller. You would think that it would be working. It would be nice. (laughs) It would be nice for $500? Yeah. 
No, I wouldn't think that a wireless thing would work. I don't trust it. I really don't trust wireless anything. And people always try to say, use a wireless mic for recording as a producer. No, I do wired everything. I don't trust it. I'm I'm just I mean we talked about we, we talked about the the video game before how they purposely release uh, subpar uh, stuff knowing it's not good and then figuring out to figure to fix it later on because they have to meet that deadline and make that money. It's just so frustrating to me that they would do this and people still buy into it every single time. How many more times is it going to take before people are like, hey, we should wait and not get it because it sucks. <laughs> Yeah, when I people get people, over novelty, people still line up for iPhones. I mean, uh, that's true. Yeah, there's actually a service where people can pay other people to wait online to get their iPhones. Wow. Yeah. And the thing is, none of this is well, actually necessary. novelty is a dopamine rush. I guess yeah. so. All but right. Like in the in the survival, even in like the getting work done, staying connected sense of the word, none of this is necessary anymore. Whatever your phone is that's working right now <laughs> will work. Like, which is wireless two weeks, three months <laughs> after the latest phone comes out. There is no reason to rush out to get any new technology. Well, oh, that's why you're married, spoken like yet. a married man. Other people are always <laughs> looking for the next thrill. They're cheating on their wives. They're looking for the next. They got a new girlfriend every two months. That's the type of person who wants a phone every three months. Uh, yeah. But you're married and you stick with the same thing. And I like to stick with the same thing. I've actually had the same car. I had five or six versions of the same car since I was 17. Wow. They, All right. There you uh, go. So for the last bit of news, see if we can squeeze this in. Um, from the race to the – wait, not race. Race on the moon department. Just to be for, clear, I use a flip phone, so that should tell you ah, a lot about That's it. true. Really? That is, yes, he does. Yes, he does. Wow. Um, from the race on the moon department. To promote interest in space exploration, Intuitive Machines, makers of the Nova C Lunar Lander for NASA, has announced that they are planning to hold the first ever remote-controlled card race on the surface of the moon. Executives say, <clears throat> Moonmark's mission number one in competition will include six diverse teams of high school students selected from across the United States who will compete in a series of qualifying challenges uh, such as drone and, auto and autonomous vehicle racing, e-gaming, and a space commercialization entrepreneurship contest. The two top teams from the qualifying rounds will win a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to build and race two vehicles on the actual moon. The vehicles will be launched from Earth in 2021. Competitors will race their rovers remotely navigating and or through and around a sphere of cameras, which will capture capture every aspect. So yeah, there's going to be a, a race on the moon. How about that? Uh, I'm sorry. Really I'm necessary. At, at Charlie saying does not sound like them. <laughs> so our senior correspondent is with us in spirit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I think. I think it's. <laughs> I think it's it's on a radio show, like, visual. Well, that, that bit is five minutes old. <laughs> I think it's kind of cool that they're gonna do it, but really, that's what that's what you're gonna waste. Can you imagine how much that's gonna cost to race two car vehicles? You know, like how, you know, like how uh, they have those memes on Facebook that go like, "No one, absolutely no <laughs> yes. one." Yes, and it goes, and this would be like, "No one." Absolutely no one. NASA's like, let's do a like, let's do a remote control race on the moon. And so like, the question is, no, let's just go back to the moon. Let's like do something. So the question is, uh, would you guys watch the race? No. <laughs> um. Yeah, if I had free time, sure, sure, I'd watch it. I'm I'm curious 
And I'll probably watch like a highlight, but I don't think I would sit and watch through it. It's just one of those things. But I think it's kind of cool that they're going to try to drum up interest in space exploration. If whoever uh, has the money to do ways. this, why don't they just give it to the citizens in New York <laughs> who are losing their homes? Yeah, that's, uh, that's another thing, yeah. Um, so that's the it for the news. Is, yes, yeah. I mean, like way back when, the, the truth is that like people weren't into space exploration. They're like, we have enough problems here. We, why are we spending money on this? Et cetera, et cetera. Um, so you're always going to have people like, why are we spending money on going to the moon or why are we you know, trying to go to Mars or whatever? But mm -hmm. ultimately, the amount of technology that comes from us trying to do these things and doing them has changed the course of, of history throughout the 20th into the 21st century. A lot of what we enjoy today wouldn't have happened unless we tried to go to the moon and try to do more space exploration. So that's important. Space exploration is important. It's really hmm. something that we should be doing. Um, hmm. That's so, just my opinion. Actually, that's a pretty good, uh, pretty good soapbox to end on. So that's it for the news. We're going to take our break, and we'll be right back with it came from the radio. Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. This is Michael Bell, the voice of Duke from G.I. Joe. And I am here at Cradlecom and I am with It Came From The Radio. New comics are back at Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin. This January, get ready for the next DC Comics event. Future State! Cosmic Comics and Games is open Wednesday from noon to 7, Thursday from 2 to 7, Friday from 2 to 7, and Saturday from noon to 5. So if you want the latest Marvel, DC, Image, or Independent Comics, back issues, comic book supplies, or magic cards, please call Chuck at 516-763-1133 for all the details. That's Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin. Thank you and stay safe. Now, back to our show. This is Bookworm Batson on It Came From The Radio. The Sandman by Frank Martin. This is a short story in which the narrator and his significant other, Clara, wake up from a post-traumatic coma. The good doctor at a clinic has treated them with an experimental drug to wake them up. And this drug has a side effect wherein perceived memories are actually in fact dreams that you had while in the coma. So Clara and her significant other wake up from the coma and in their shared coma induced memories, her family is not a happy one. You know, there's a drunk mother an absent father and siblings that are dead due to drug overdose and suicide. However, once they wake up from the coma, her family is there and they're actually a happy loving unit. Um, they're discharged from the hospital and life continues with Clara's new family dynamic. And she's happy for her new and improved family. The narrator, however, feels uneasy. Something is wrong. And he feels that there's something artificial about his new reality. He and Clara no longer dream. And the doctor explains this away rather quickly. However, he can't seem to forget the alleged false memory of her degenerate family and instead comes to a kind of horrifying realization that they are in a dream, if you will, orchestrated by the good doctor. And away we go um, in this, is this a reality? Is this a dream? 
And the question is, would you rather live happy in a dream or do you need a reality for happiness? The term that comes to mind in this is um, adriosomnia, which is Latin. It means sick dreams, or to be more accurate, it means a sick man's dreams or hallucinations or nightmare. When I read this, this term came to mind. It's appropriate. This short story packs a punch in that there's a subtle unease that gets transmitted from the narrator to you. A kind of Stephen King-esque buildup. Not that this guy writes like Stephen King, but when it comes to building up that type of tension, I dare say he's as good. Um, now, would I use this story or the science in it for real world application? Absolutely not, I wouldn't. I mean, if I'm in a car crash and the doctor treating me, I wake up and he says, hi, I'm from the Hoffman Research Clinic for Somniatic Studies. Let's say I would definitely have a million questions like, why am I not in the best motor vehicle accident crash ER room you got? What the hey now is somniastic studies? I mean, it's not in Google. And who gave you permission to experiment? I mean, I'd have a lot of questions for the good doctor. You know, like, you know, you got a lawsuit coming, right? But that's me. And I'm not everybody. I can say that other than that, I enjoyed this short story. I usually find short stories lacking or rushed or incomplete. Somehow this one was not. After I read it, I got to say, it made me say, hmm. So it was very thought provoking. So I'm giving this four hmms. Hmm. 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 Oh, it was good. I recommend it. You can check out more of his work at frankthewriter.com. If you want your book to be reviewed, send it to Bookworm Batson, care of It Came From The Radio, Post Office Box 134, Rosedale, New York, 11422. Sword of Omens, come to my hand. I, Lion-O, command it. Hi, everybody. This is Larry Kenny, the voice of Lion-O on Thundercats. And you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Hello, radio listeners. What are you thinking? We want to hear from you. What's working for you? What things would you like to hear more about? Write us your thoughts. Or you can buy us a pizza. Just go to our website, www.itcamefromradio.com, and click on the Buy Us A Pizza link. Leave your comment there. And we'll read them on video. Now, back to our show. Hey, this is Jay Bird and Lee, and we're here to talk about movies, music, TV, and what's going on in our part of the world. Today, we're here to talk about 2021. Yay, 2021. We made it. Yeah. All right. That was a tough 2020, right? Yeah. Yeah. 2020 was a rough year. Yeah. Hindsight's 2020 now. We could look back on it, you know, and now that we're yeah. really only a couple of days in, what was one of the fun things that we had done during that time or some fun things that we did even though it was a tough year hmm i'd say one of them is going to Wyndham and my bat mitzvah right so we went to Wyndham uh for a little weekend vacation upstate new york yeah during this like at the start of the summer i think i guess it was the beginning of the summer yeah it was yeah. the beginning of the summer yeah and we had my bat mitzvah which was a small little 
affair. Well, that was a backyard affair, but wait, yeah. we got to go back to Wyndham. What do we do up in Wyndham? You kind of like skip that whole part. Um, we went fishing with one of my friends. That's right, freshwater fishing, right in a pond or a lake, right? Uh, I think both. A pond. At one point, we went to both. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, we also went to a creek. Uh, oh, right, Crackhead Creek. Yeah. You know why it was called Crackhead Creek? Because if you slipped, right? Yeah. And you fell and cracked your head? So, slipped so many times. Um, you slipped a lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, nine times. <laughs> you almost cracked your head. <laughs> yeah, like two times that's why they I call almost it, did that. Yeah, that's why they call it Crackhead Creek. But, yeah. But did you see, um, we saw some frogs, right? Yeah, we saw frogs. We saw a lot of animals. We also went to the flea market. Remember the flea that? market, yes, the flea market. Oh, but before that, remember, like, on the creek, um, your brother decided to slide down one of the rocks? Oh, yeah, and he got leeches on them, on him. Yeah, he had leeches all over his body. Oh, yeah, that was... <laughs> he freaked out. I mean, I would, too. I think we all freaked out, because we were like, oh, my God, leeches. Yeah, and then our friend was like, you've never seen leeches before? And we're like, we've never had it on us. <laughs> right. I mean, how often are you in the creek? Not Well, not, for them, a lot, but... Yeah, but not for us. We're beach people, right? <laughs> yeah. We're used to sharks and stingrays, <laughs> not, not <laughs> leeches. Yeah. And jellyfish, you know? Yeah. That's so funny. It was fun. We also rode ATVs. Oh, yeah. And went into a pool. I almost crashed into a fence. No, I did crash into a fence. I almost crashed into a tree. Oh, that's right. You almost... You you used the ATV and you almost smashed into a tree. Well, you did smash into the tree. No, the tire skimmed it. Oh, the tire skimmed the tree. Yeah. Luckily, you had a helmet on, I guess. It literally almost flew off me when I... <laughs> oh, no. I'm glad I wasn't there to see that. Yeah. I don't think anyone did. Honestly, I thought uh, oh, her, your friend saw it. Yeah, my friend did. That's so funny. Oh man! Well, luckily you made it through. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that oh, would have been a crazy story if I. Uh, well, it was a. It was an almost story. Yeah, almost. <laughs> That's so crazy. But you also slept in the barn, right? Yeah, uh, and then my friend went over to our hotel. Room. Oh, the hotel room, yeah. right? Right, where he stayed up all night just playing video games. Well, not playing video games, watching... Oh, that's right. That's the night you guys had coffee, right? Yeah. <laughs> Without <laughs> And he us? didn't clean up with... <laughs> I told him to clean up, and he didn't clean up. So you guys decided to have coffee as 13-year-olds. Hey, it, people younger have coffee, so it's... I, but I don't... That's ridiculous. 13-year-olds, while I was sleeping... You guys, at 3 a.m. At what, how old? What? 3 a.m. 3 a.m. You guys decided to have coffee, and as much as you wanted to hide the evidence, you left I told it. Him, I told my friend that he had to put the stuff away once he was done. He's like, yeah, I'll do it. And he never put the stuff away. Right. So we woke up in the morning. We're like, who had coffee? And then you guys were like, yeah, we had coffees and all the cookies. No, I said, Harish. That's okay. Yeah. I said, he did. This, right, you're trying to protect names. I got it. All right. Sorry. Well, anyway, so that was the first part of. I feel like we could be talking about this forever and 2020 and all the fun stuff that you guys did. Yeah. But I guess that'll be on the next show. We'll so talk. Part two. We'll do a part two, exactly, of what's going on. Anyway, I want to say um, happy and healthy. Stay safe. Stay connected. Oh, you remember that part? <laughs> it's only been a year. All right. See you later, guys. Have a good one. This is
is Carrie Steller from In the Girls' Corner, and you're listening to It Came From the Radio. Comic Book Depot has been in business since 1993. Your one-stop comic book shop for comics, gaming, and collectibles. The Comic Book Depot club membership is $15 and gets you 15% off new comics, back issues, graphic novels, and 10% off comic book supplies. Located at 2847 Jerusalem Avenue in Wontaw, New York. Contact us on Facebook for curbside pickup because new comics are back. For more information, give Alan a call at 516-221-9337. The Comic Book Depot. Now, back to our show. And welcome back to a Came From Radio, for show of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking. As I mentioned before, we have our very own Pronto Comics, Dominic Definition Man, Sperano, giving an interview uh, with uh, Yakiti Badaki for American Gods Season 3, which is now available on the Stars Network. So without further ado, let's just patch it into Dominic and take it away. First thing I would like to ask you, and I'm sure you've been asked this before, but how have you been able to enjoy the increased role of Bill Quist in the show? Because obviously in, in the book, you know, you, it's really almost like a cameo in the book where it's, it's a very short appearance and the creators and producers have really expanded the character. So how have you been able to enjoy it? How have you been able to get into this character and really make it your own? I mean, first of all, it's been an absolute gift. Uh, I think everyone is well aware of what a huge Neil Gaiman fan I am. And so I feel like every bit of uh, performance I put out there with Bilkwis is really just me throwing in my fan fiction <laughs> on, on top of it. Um, it has been incredible to be able to expand within this role because I think... Um, I think it was Neil that painted this picture of the book being this house that we entered. Mm -hmm. And we got to walk down the hallways and look into some rooms. Or sometimes we could walk into the room and really explore. And then uh, some of them we just passed by or some of the doors were locked. And as the seasons have gone on, um, we, we started to be able to open up more doors and, and to take more time within these different spaces to explore. And so we see that happen with Celine by the incredible Omida Abtahi. We see it with Laura Moon. Oh, yeah. Um, by the, 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 the joyful Emily Browning. We see it with Shadow Moon, Ricky Whittle, the incredible individual that he is. And we see it with Technical Boy. Oh, yeah. Um, by, you know, the, the lovely Bruce Langley. And, and so with this, um, now I been able to take a little more time and explore different things. Uh, for example, uh, I would mention being able to play with um, code switching, mm -hmm. um, thinking of the way that this being that has lived through so many eons and has moved from different places um, and finds herself in this new world, how, how her sounds differ how when she's feeling more in her power, it's, um, it's more ancient and it's more breath-connected. And in the moments where she's perhaps feeling um, not as anchored, you hear that in uh, the tonality and um, even the degree of uh, strength of the dialect. These are all things now that um, I get to play with. Uh, because there's more time we get to spend with the character. 
and now I get to play more with the different facets of love and the different facets that there are to go with and with the idea that she is not just any one thing. She's definitely not, and she's clearly very much a survivor, which is really mm. wonderful to see. How do you mm. feel about, certainly in her second season, her turn towards, like, Christianity to, in a certain way, as she's, like, preaching, you know, um, Song of Songs and seducing an audience through, you know, what I don't think many people would consider the Bible very seductive or sexy, even though certainly mm. it's got plenty of um, fascinating stories in it. So how do you feel about her pivot to survive by almost changing her entire belief? Or maybe not a belief, but her her, mm. her system, if you will. I would, I would say that's very interesting because I, I, you know, I didn't see it as her pivoting to Christianity. Um, I, I saw it as her speaking about times that she lived through. Mm. <laughs> fascinating how you describe that and yeah she's definitely um thriving and growing throughout the season so what could we look forward to without giving too many spoilers away in this next season of seeing her really expand more mm, what can we look forward to i think we can continue to enjoy the idea of the power that exists within the power of the inner goddess. Um, the idea also that uh, something that I think may be very important to all of us right now as we go through 2020 is that um, as we're maybe not able to travel outward as much that perhaps the traveling in can um, further evolve the self in order to evolve the whole. Um, we will see something that I refer to as the superpowered empathy conductor, which is something that I wish to exist in the real world. Um, we will see further aspects of uh, the power within that it does not lie in one place for mm. Bilquis, especially as she grows and she just rediscovers more of the self. Um, and one moment that I'm very much looking forward to that I'm, you know, I, I will tease is we see her get to have soft moments. Ooh. Um, have joy and lightness. Mm. Um, 
something I think that's very important. Very um, much. To, to, for her to have a moment that is not rooted in trauma, um, but is beyond that. And uh, I think that's going to be exciting to be able to see on the screen. Definitely. I mean, you could definitely say that Bill Quiss is obviously a, a sexy and seductive character. Certainly, uh, you get that sense of her history throughout the first and second season. But to see something more from her, some more vulnerability, some joy, something more than, quite frankly, not just enticing people into her um, web, shall we say? Sounds so awesome. I, I really enjoy that. My last question is, as the person playing Bilquis and discussing her power, where do you draw from for yourself and where do you think the similarities are for Bilquis to expand and pull from her power aside from just her clearly um, enticing nature? Where else is she pulling her power from in, inside of herself? A wonderful question. Um, Thank you. I only try I and ask the wonderful I'll ones. Answer that. <laughs> yeah, it is. I, I think I'll answer that in in, diff, in um, several pieces, if you will. Please. Um, so, where is she finding her power? I, I will speak more specifically to this season. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's as she goes on that inner journey, as she connects within the part. Um, that has maybe even been dormant within herself. Sure. As she goes within um, and, and really uh, dives into her DNA, um, you know, it can be said that our ancestors are literally in our DNA. And as she goes inward, she literally begins to dance with her with the ancestors. Mm. And there's power within that. Um, I think the power that also... Uh, she's able to draw on is the ability to, again, pointing to the themes within season three specifically, she draws from the idea that I is we. Mm. Um, that we're never truly alone. Um, and that um, every moment of evolution of self is leading to an evolution of, uh, of the, the, the greater whole. 
Um, and I think these are all things that she finds empowering. Um, and these are all things um, that we see um, in this season uh, start to affect different individuals as they start to, to go on these journeys. And I think these are also things, tying it back to myself, mm-hmm. that I find empowering within this 2020 that's just going to 2020. Um, as, <laughs> as I'm not able to travel outward, I am able to travel more inward. I am able to learn um, more about histories and, and how, um, you know, there are cracks in the foundation and looking at the different ways and people in, in which people are working to, you know, fill in these cracks in order to be able to build more going forward. Um so there's now a symbiosis uh, between character and actor at this point. Well, I think that's wonderful. I particularly love, and I think it's a great message for 2020, the I is we, the idea that we are not alone. I think that's an, an amazing thing to have discovered and to share because certainly today a lot of people probably feel quite isolated. So exactly. the idea of working on yourself improves humanity. The idea of just knowing that we are not alone, even on a genetic level, that's an, a wonderful, a wonderful thing to, to say. Is there any final thought you'd like to give us? Um, I, I would hope that's something that, um, would hope that people do find the, the hope within the moments that we get to share in this season. Um, that idea that we are not alone, um, then it takes a certain amount of a faith and the idea of a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, I, I would hope that the idea of I is we is something that pulls people through those journeys um, into, into what more is possible. That's awesome. I want to thank you so much for your time. I want to thank you for the wonderful work you've been doing. It's truly been, certainly got me through a lot of hours in quarantine. Um, <laughs> thank you so much. I really appreciate this well, time. Well, thank you. And so much, and um, yeah, thank, thank you for, for all of the kind words and, and everything that you have been doing. It is so much appreciated. It's, I always have a rule when it comes to celebrities, compliment them. Say thank you, and don't make it about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, all the boxes are ticked. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. I hope you have a wonderful day and do well with the rest of your interviews. Oh, I will do, and you too. Thank you. And with that, let's go back to the studio. Mark? All right, thank you, Dominic, from the past. That was a pretty darn good interview. Um, make sure you guys check out Yatidi's uh, social media page, which is uh, just Twitter. That's at Yatidi Badaki, um, Y-E-T-I-D-E-B-A-D-A-K-I. And uh, make sure you check her out on American Gods every single week on the Stars channel. And I also want to let you know that she's a filmmaker, so I want to give a proper little shout out for that. And hopefully she'll be able to come back on when she's promoting her next thing. So with that... We're going to take our break, and we'll be right back with the King from the Radio. Hey, guys, this is Christy from Custom Cakes by Christy. I want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm keeping my private kitchen open for any needs your family may have. I've been focusing on bread, soups, muffins, quiches, and other basics, but I'm still accepting dessert orders as well. 
Please follow my Facebook for immediate pickup items. Private message me for custom orders. Custom Cakes by Christy, I-N-C-K-R-I-S-T-Y. Text me at 631-606-8166. I'm Nathan Booth from Ben and Apple TV, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Now, back to our show. So that about does it for this week on It Came From The Radio. Join us right here any week on this radio station. If you miss any part of this show, tough. go to our website, www.itcamefromtheradio.com. Listen to archives review up in a week or so. Check us out on such places such as btdradio.com or our social media pages such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And always follow the cost-benefit ratio. If the benefits outweigh the costs, do it. If the costs outweigh the benefits, don't do it. Or just Google It Came From The Radio. And we'll see you next week. You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast.